Good morning, everyone. Good morning, all y'all freshman connectors and connectees. How y'all doing? Awesome. Good to see your bright, shining, smiling faces this morning. You know, when we're enjoying the Lord, it puts a smile on our face. And I'm seeing a lot of smiles, so y'all must be enjoying the Lord. It's a good place to be with a bunch of enjoyers of Christ. My name is Trevor. And I've been serving with Christian students on campus going into my third year now. And so I'm very, very, very happy to be with you guys this morning. And Chris touched enjoyment last night, the enjoyment of Christ, which we see in 1 Corinthians. Paul also brings in another very important topic in 1 Corinthians, and it's the matter of growth. And the enjoyment of Christ leads us into the growth of our Christian life. Now, have you guys turned to the message yet? Because if you haven't, that's okay. Because I wanted to get the wheels turning just so we can be dialed in here. And um, I want you guys to take about 10 to 15 seconds, 20 seconds, and I want you to write down in just one or two, three words what you think growth is for a Christian. What do you think it is? This is a term that's used among God's people. I need to grow in my faith. I need to grow in my spiritual life. I need to grow as a Christian. What does that mean? I think there's a lot of thoughts out there. We're going to see what the Bible says about what it means to grow as a Christian. But I want you to just to get the wheels turning, jot down a couple of words of what you think growth as a Christian is. And then we'll see what the Bible says. So just to um, show you guys that this word growth is in the Bible, you look at 1 Corinthians 3.6, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God caused the growth. That's the kind of growth that we want to see this morning. The growth that God causes in his believers. Sound good? And growth is the issue of the enjoyment of Christ. So we're continuing here, enjoyment to growth. Now, if you haven't opened up to your outline, you can open it up now. And we're on the growth part. I guess everybody's there. Okay, wonderful. You got your pen ready? See a lot of pens out. Very, very good. Note-taking is highly encouraged. Okay, before we jump into this matter of growth, we have to see what happened to us when we became Christians. If you don't see what happened to you when you became a Christian, growth doesn't make sense. And you don't see why it's necessary. We have to see what happened to our being when we became a Christian. We didn't become a Christian by being born into a Christian family. That's not when you became a Christian. You didn't become a Christian when you started attending church on Sunday. That's not when you became a Christian. You didn't become a Christian when you started to read your Bible for the first time. Those two are not synonymous. I became a Christian when I opened up the Word and started reading the Bible. No, a lot of people do that that are not Christians. So we need to see when we became a Christian and what happened when we became a Christian. So, we became a Christian by somebody, one, they prayed for us, thank the Lord, And then somebody cooperated 
with the operation of the triune God to speak to us the good news of Jesus Christ. We heard that good news, it touched our heart, and we had a turn to Jesus Christ. We repented and turned to the Lord, and we opened our heart, and we received, we believed into Jesus Christ. That's what happened. That's how you become a Christian. You repent and believe into the Lord Jesus Christ, and in doing that, you received him. Okay, what happened when we did that? Okay, you can break it up into two categories. Something on the judicial side happened, and something on the organic side happened. Okay, something of God's righteousness happened to us, and then something related to life happened to us, judicial and organic. When we became a Christian, on the judicial side, we got forgiven of our sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. We got redeemed. We got reconciled to God. And we are righteous in the eyes of God according to his evaluation. That is good news. But something else happened. Something pertaining to life. And when we became a Christian, what happened is that God in Christ, as the life-giving spirit, came into our spirit to give us a second birth, to bring us forth as God's children, where he really is our father and we really are his children. His very life, with his very nature, got imparted into our spirit. And our spirit was enlivened and made life. And that made us children of God. We had a second birth. We had a divine birth in which the very life of God got put into us. Isn't that wonderful? So good to be with the children of God. Okay, so thinking about growth, all right? <clears throat> what grows? What grows? Say trees? Yes, they do. Trees grow. What else grows? What? People grow. Excellent. I heard something else over here. All the living things. That pretty much covers everything. So what's my point? Things of life grow. Things of life need to grow. Things of life, the purpose of them is to grow. If they're not growing, something wrong is happening. Do rocks grow? They don't grow because they're not living. Is this uh, concrete floor going to grow? Not alive. It's not something organic. It's not going to grow. Something of life happened to us when we received the Lord. And because what happened to us is related to life, we need to grow because living things need to grow. Does that make sense? So we're going to get into this matter of growth. And so we're first going to look at what growth is not. It helps very much to see what something is not to help us see what it is. So looking at point number one, growth is not the increase of knowledge, power, or gifts. How about let's read that all together. Ready, go. Growth is not... 
Okay, let's see this in the word here. 1 Corinthians 1, 5 through 7. How about can we all read that together? Ready, go. And then read 1 Corinthians 3, 1. Ready, go. <clears throat> okay, here's what you, what you have to underline to see the point. All knowledge, all knowledge. That's in verse 5. Verse 7. You do not lack in any gift. Referring to the Corinthian believers. They had all knowledge. They did not lack in any gift. And then in chapter 3, look what Paul calls them. you got to underline, infants in Christ. Infants in Christ. You know, I looked up this word infant, and typically it pertains to a child either between 1 month and 12 months. 1 month or 12 months. So Paul, he's calling these people in Christ, you're somewhere between one month and 12 months years of age in your spiritual life. That's not very old. That's not very much growth in life. You are an infant in Christ, despite the fact of you having all knowledge and not lacking in any gift. So growth is not the increase in knowledge. So increase in knowledge, what would that look like? What would that look like? Maybe, man, freshman, you got on this Bible reading schedule, and you've just been hitting it every day, man. And you're getting into it, and you're, oh, you're learning about all these stories, accumulating all the details concerning what the Lord is doing in Matthew so much. So wonderful. Maybe, you know, maybe some of the upperclassmen, this is their, if this is their fourth year in college, they've already read the New Testament three times. Oh, man, they just remember all the things that happened. Good. Maybe somebody goes off to divinity school and gets a doctorate in divinity. They read all this Bible commentary. They read the Bible so many times. They're able to write essays upon essays upon essays on all these doctrinal concepts. I think that would be pretty impressive, right? But all that is is an increase in knowledge and not the genuine growth that God is talking about, that he wants us to have in our Christian life. A lot of times we think, I just need to memorize more Bible verses. I just need to learn more doctrine. Actually, my wife heard a message when she was in college. It was really convicting. It was about some kind of sin that we all struggle with. And unfortunately, the answer to this problem of sin that the guy gave was that you need to sign up for classes and learn more doctrine. You need to increase in your knowledge. That's what he said. And then my wife was like, I just felt like I just got left hanging. Growth is not the increase in knowledge. Doesn't matter how many Bible verses you memorize, even though we are for Bible memorization and we are for reading the Bible, that doesn't exactly equate to growth in the Christian life that God wants us to have. Growth is not the increase in knowledge. Growth is not the increase of gift. Paul said it right here. You do not lack in any gift. 
They had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They had received the heavenly gift. They had received the gift of eternal life. But you're still infants in Christ. Growth is not the increase of power. If you jump to chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians, you have Paul beginning to talk about God placing these members with different capabilities, with different portions for the building up of the church. And he mentions several. And then he goes on and he begins asking some questions. And one of the questions that he asks in verse 29 is, do all have works of power? Do all have works of power? It's rhetorical, but the answer to the question is no. Not all have works of power because God has given you something that you can do that I can't do. And he's given you something that you can do and I can't do for the building up of the body. And you're functioning as a member of the body. And some members can do works of power and others can't. Does that mean that the ones who can't do the works of power, they don't have any growth and that they can't grow? Definitely not. If you can do works of power and I can't, that means that I got the shaft, man. That means I can't grow if growth is really the increase of power. But Paul says, do all have works of power? No, they don't. So growth, genuine growth that we're talking about this morning is not the increase in, of power. Okay, I'm going to add a couple more to our li list here. <clears throat> growth is not the increase of being pious or the increase of your improvement of behavior. That's not growth from what God wants us to see this morning. I'm going to use Gandhi as an example. I'm going to use Gandhi. This is our, I'm just going to read some quotes from Gandhi, okay? This is what he said. My life is my message. What does that mean? That means that he talked the talk and he walked the walk. If you want to see what I'm talking about, you just look at my life. My life is my message. That's a pretty bold claim. He goes on to say, prayer is the key of the morning and the bolt of the evening. Wow, he's a religious guy. He's talking about praying. Let me give you another thing, what he says here. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. That's a pretty selfless guy. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. So you have somebody that walks the walk. You have somebody that prays to God. And you have a selfless, generous person that says, the only way I can find myself is to lose myself in serving you. That's Gandhi. But you know what? Gandhi is a Christless man. He's a Godless man. He does not have Christ in him. Even though, if you put all of us in this room up to him, and you just look at us on the surface, and you measure my life up to his life, my human life, with my behavior and my supposed piety, there's no way I can touch that dude. There's no way. But genuine growth is not the increase of pious living and the improvement of behavior because you have a man with the quotes that I just read who has zero growth in Christ because he is a Christless person, even though he's a very good, upright, generous, 
serving person. Growth is not the increase of living holy and living as a good person. That's not growth. So you think about it. You have a person. <clears throat> they know all the Bible. They're able to speak so eloquently and powerfully. Their living matches what they say. All that doesn't equate to growth. If we ran into that kind of person, we'd be like, whoa, you're amazing. You must be the best Christian ever. Think about it. That's what we would think. But none of those characteristics directly equate to growth as a Christian according to the word of God. So what is growth, my brothers and sisters? It's not the increase in knowledge, not the increase in gifts, not the increase in power, not the increase in holy living, not the increase in being a good person. What is it? Let's go to the second point. Let's read point number two together. Ready, go. Let's read that one more time. Ready, go. Growth is the increase of God in our being. What a definition of growth. How do we know this? Because the Bible says so. Let's read Colossians 2.19. Ready, go. Okay, you have to underline all the body, all the body, that's all the believers who have been made members of the body of Christ, all the body. Are you a believer? Are you a member of Christ? This verse is talking about you, and it's talking about me. All the body, underline that, underline grows with the growth of God grows with the growth of God. You know, you can, you can also translate this, all the body, dot, 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 increases with the increase of God. There is an actual phrase in the Bible that talks about God growing. God wants to grow. Well, wait a minute, Trevor, are you walking on thin ice here? Talking about the infinite God growing? Okay, I'm not talking about him growing in himself. He's infinite. His dimensions expand the universe and then more. So I'm not talking about God growing in himself. I'm talking about God growing in my heart and in your heart. You consider your heart, which is composed of your mind, your emotion, your will, your conscience, and consider how much room there is for God to grow in those areas. If you really consider, there's a lot of room that God needs to grow in your heart and in my heart. And when we're talking about growing and living things needing to grow, and we receive the life in us that needs to grow, everything that grows has to grow by something. You can't grow by nothing. You have to have something added to you so that you grow with and by something. And this verse shows us that we grow with what? God. We grow with what? God. 
That means God himself wants to add himself to our being, add himself first to our spirit when we first became regenerated, when we first became a Christian. But he doesn't want to stop there. He wants to continue to add himself more and more to our mind, where there's a lot of room for him to grow. Add himself more and more to our will, to the choices that we make. There's a lot of room to grow. He wants to add himself to our emotions, the place where we feel things. Oh, there's a lot of room to grow there. He wants to add himself. He wants to increase in those areas. This is what genuine growth is. This is what we're talking about. Having God added to our being. That's the growth. All the body grows with the growth of God. Now, how can we get God added to our being? Chris talked about enjoying the Lord last night. I think he ended with calling on the Lord, right? To take the cup of salvation. That's one way. That's one way. We're going to hit another way how we can grow. And Kyle, you're about to have a baby, right? No, you're, you're not about, you're about to be a father. Caitlin's about to have a baby. <laughs> Kyle's not about to have a baby. Caitlin's about to have a baby. Caitlin, <coughs> after the birth takes place, okay, after the vital signs are, everything's normal, the baby's healthy, what is your main concern next? To feed the baby. Feed the baby. <laughs> you know, our Father God gave us a second birth by putting his life into us. And if you look at the next verse here, under growing by feeding on God's words, it says, as newborn babes. What do you think our Father God's main concern is when we're begotten as babes in Christ? Feed the baby. Feed the baby. Because what does feeding do? Feeding will issue in growth. Because feeding brings in an element outside of you, into you, and it's digested and assimilated, and it becomes a part of you, and it's by that thing with which you grow. So that brings us to point number three, growing by feeding on God's word. 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3. As newborn babes, underline that. That's babes in Christ. Long for the guileless milk of the word. Underline milk of the word. In order that by it, you may grow. Underline that. You may grow unto salvation. Verse 3, if you have tasted that the Lord is good. Tasted that the Lord is good. You have newborn babes. You have milk of the word so that you may grow. In this Bible, my brothers and sisters, there's milk in here for the newborn babes. There's something called the milk of the word. And it's by the milk in this book that the newborn babes will begin to grow. So the next question is, how do we get the milk out of the word? If we're newborn babes, we need to grow Growth says it's the increase of God in our being. God is the word. There's the milk of the word. We need to figure out how to get milk out of this black and white. And it doesn't necessarily mean you just read it and you're going to get milk out of it. Paul brings in a secret 
of how we can extract the milk out of the word in Ephesians 6. Let's look at these verses right here. Paul says, And receive the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which Spirit is the word of God. Underline the word of God. And underline receive at the beginning of that verse. So receive, dot, 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 the word of God by means of all prayer and petition. Receive the word of God how? By means of how? All prayer. All prayer. Praying over and with the content of this book will give you a way to extract the milk in the word so that by that milk, you and I can grow. So this is what we're about to do. We're about to practice extracting the milk out of this word so that we can grow. So I'm going to give a little demonstration. You know, Paul says, by means of all prayer. So there's all kind of ways you can pray with this book to get milk out of it. And I'm going to do a couple of demonstrations. One is just kind of like personally praying the word, how I would do it in my personal time. So I'm going to just give it as an example, and I'm going to take 1 Peter 2.2, maybe 3 if I'm feeling it, okay? As an example of how we use prayer to extract the milk of the word so that we can grow in our Christian life, okay? You look at your outline, 1 Peter 2.2. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to pray over it, okay? All right, as newborn babes long for the guileless milk of the word, in order that by it you may grow unto salvation. Dear God, thank you, I'm a newborn babe. I've been born again with your life. Lord Jesus, put the longing for the guileless milk of the word in my heart. Lord, I need the milk of the word. Lord, give me this milk of the word as I'm praying this right now. Lord, I need to grow in my life. Lord, thank you, it's by the milk of the word that I may grow. Thank you, Lord, this is a growth unto salvation. Lord, Give me the portion of growth that I need today. Lord, I want to grow. And thank you, I can taste you. And Lord, you're so good. I want to taste you all day today. Amen. Y'all see how I did that? So this is really enjoyable. Actually, I feel nourished after doing that. <clears throat> so we're about to, we're going to take a minute here, and we're all about to participate. You know, Paul said by means of all prayer. So that was one way. And we're about to do another way. And this, this way will help actually get everybody involved. And what this is called is, uh, it makes sense, it's called echo pray reading. Echo pray reading. So what's going to happen is I'm going to take another eating verse. I'm going to take John 6.35. And what I'm going to do, <clears throat> I'm going to read that verse, and I'm going to pray short sentences. And after I pray a sentence, you're going to echo me. I'm going to pray a sentence, and you're going to echo me. And you're going to make that prayer your own to Jesus Christ. Okay? We're going to talk to Jesus. Make my prayer your prayer. And I'm going to base my prayer off the word, pray over the word so I can get the milk out of it. Okay? Does that sound good? Are you ready? This is going to be really enjoyable, all right? Okay. Turn your heart to the Lord. Open your heart to the Lord. We're about to talk to him over the word to get some milk. Y'all ready? Okay, I'm going to read the verse first. This is John 6, 35. 
and I'm going to talk to Jesus because Jesus is talking to me right here. Jesus said to him, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall by no means hunger, and he who believes into me shall by no means ever thirst. Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to me. Lord Jesus, you are the bread of life. Thank you, Lord, you are the bread of life. Lord, thank you, I can come to you. Lord, I come to you right now, Jesus. Lord, when I come to you, I'm never hungry. You satisfy my hunger, Lord Jesus. Lord, I believe into you. Lord, thank you. When I believe into you, I shall not thirst. Lord, you satisfy my hunger. Lord, you quench my thirst. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. Amen. Wasn't that good? Hope you all enjoyed that. Well, I think we're out of time, but I'll leave you with that little practicality on how to have God increase in our being by feeding on the word to get the milk out of the word. Okay, so I hope y'all were helped this morning. I enjoyed it this morning. I hope y'all enjoyed it too. And I hope we all keep enjoying extracting this guileless milk out of the word so that we can grow with the growth of God. All right, who am I passing it to right now? Tim? Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm.